Hey guys, welcome to episode 59 of the JV Club with Mindy Sterling. I want to immediately and quickly thank everyone who came to the live JV Club podcast recording in Portland, Oregon. It was a lovely crowd, a rather large crowd. I was quite surprised. Um, and uh, Natasha Legero and Karen Kilgariff were marvelous guests. Obviously, that episode will be coming out in the near future. Um, Let's just quickly cover the sound quality audio issue that I've been having. Listen, I've tinkered with some things. Um, I'm trying to solve this problem. I have a very lingering and bad suspicion that uh, this may be like a laptop thing because my laptop has been going through a lot of problems. So that's my new idea. Uh, Having said that, we'll see if this uh, intro sounds any better with the things that I've changed in GarageBand and the... um, just coaxing and uh, stroking of the cables of my microphone that I've done. The sweet talk I've given it in an attempt to seduce it into sounding better. Um, But uh, related to that, I want to thank all of you who have tried to weigh in and help me a little bit. I might even be having a conversation with listener Paul D later today to see if he can walk me through some stuff. But um, a few of you weighed in. I'm going to thank you guys in just a moment. I do also want to remind everyone that Burning Love Season 3 is airing on the internet at burninglove.com and that you have the opportunity to vote for the Webby Awards. It's possible that the opportunity has since passed, but uh, listen, I'm real behind the times because I was having so much fun at Bridgetown that I really have lost all track of scheduling and what's going on in the world. Um, but uh, if you have not voted for the Webby Awards, and in, in fact, you're listening to this and you discover that you still can, I strongly encourage you to vote for Neil's Puppet Dreams and Burning Love. Um And then I guess I've been nominated for uh, some Behind the Voice Actors Awards. I think I tweeted about it. I'll see if I can get you guys some more information on that. But um, Cora has been nominated. Me doing the voice of Cora has been nominated for, I think, Best Female Vocal. And then also um, I've been nominated for Breakthrough Performance turns out i broke right through something guys what was it have no idea but i'm in very good company so it's very exciting um all right listen i gotta get through some shout outs i can't have the longest uh intro in history like i did last week that was super embarrassing caitlin r um josh j kate m uh I want to thank you guys for your emails. Caitlin, I want to shout you out for your birthday. Happy birthday, April 30th. Happy birthday on April 30th. I want to be clear. I was not wishing the date April 30th a happy birthday just then. In fact, I was wishing Caitlin a happy birthday. Um, Ken R., uh, glad you were at Bridgetown. Sorry we didn't get to meet. Michelle M., thank you again for trying to help me uh, with some website stuff. Uh, I already mentioned Paul D. Suyuri, you were at Anime Matsuri. I'm delighted to have you aboard the podcast. Tammy H., I wanted to give you a shout out for the BBC Ouch Disability podcast mention that you made. I know you're going to post that on Facebook as well, but it sounds like a really awesome podcast that focuses on, um, you know, empowerment and uh, positivity for those with disabilities. I'm going to check it out. I'm very excited. Joseph, Paul, Curtis, and Amy, you guys are all the ones who offered to help me with audio help uh, on the Nerdist page. Thank you so much. PJ, Amy, Todd, and Rachel, and uh, Susan's page. Thank you for your comments about her episode. Lizzie G on Facebook, Ben, Aaron, Lee, and Terry H on Facebook. Robbie posted a hilarious dog dressed as an ad-ad on Facebook that keeps making me laugh. On Twitter, Cat's Meow, Michael, Steve, Maker of Tiles, Lauren, and Robert C. 
see. Thank you guys for your lovely tweets. And uh, Michael, you suggested Club Kids for the JV Club listener uh, title. And um, Steve, you suggested J-Votes, J-Votes, which is a bit of a mouthful, but quite clever and wonderful. Um, This is in response to a conversation that was had at the live uh, podcast taping where we were trying to figure out what um, listeners to the podcast should be called. Because as I've been told, um, other podcasts have like names for their fans. Listen, I don't know what the answer is, and I don't feel I'm going to be the person to come up with the right term, and it feels kooky even to be deciding that. So, um, as usual, I'm bringing you guys right into the fold and trying to get you to do my work for me. It's something I do. Um, I see a spider on my carpet right now. I'm going to go take care of that, and I invite you to enjoy this episode of The JV Club with Mindy Sterling. Now entering Nerdist.com. Okay, after, I mean, we basically talked almost an hour offline, so time's come to actually start recording. I mean, we did all right. But the half the things we were talking about, I was like, I kind of wish we were recording. This. I, you this know what I thought really about that too. I thought, stuff. I know, I thought, oh, maybe she's got it recording, and then we'll tell me afterwards. Guess recording. what? It was an accident. Oh my or... gosh! What if that was true? What if I had it like the whole room was rigged with oh. like hidden microphones and cameras and stuff, and I just caught everyone off guard and was like, all oh, the stuff you just disclosed. Bum bum bum. Podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, love it. Um, you are having a love affair with my dog. Which I am. Your fantastic. dog just left me though. Got off the couch because uh, as you said, um, is really nervous about being on the couch because wasn't supposed to be on the couch. And also we both got up. And so he's yeah, not totally even, he's very much, he's just not an alpha. So he needs to be with a pack. I don't remember if he followed me in there or if he followed both of us in there, but he probably got up and was like, okay, what's going on? My dog will not do anything. My dog will not sleep heavily unless I'm in bed with her. In other words, every time I move, every time I breathe, every time the phone rings, she is, I feel really bad, but she too is not, um, is not happy unless she's with someone. Yeah. How old is she? She's uh, like four and a half and she's the problem where I couldn't leave her alone and I have to give her pills and Aww. I put a bark collar on her. She freaks out. She doesn't... What kind of dog is she? She's a rescue, but I don't think it has anything to do yeah. with something yeah. happening to her because I had her when she was three months old. Yeah. Um, I think it's in her DNA. Sure. I just think who it's who she is. Sure. And um, I literally have tried so many things. I'm not great at... You know, going over and training her every single day, um, yeah. you know, um, with her. But I've got her to where she can stay. She's not home alone today because I took her somewhere. I figured I'd be out here for a while. And, um, but I do, I have to give her some sort of anti-anxiety meds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put a bark collar on so she doesn't bark because I live in an apartment. She can't bark. Yeah. And, but she doesn't destroy. She's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> She will bark, yeah. which is why the bark collar, and yeah. she might whine a little bit and then pace, but she doesn't destroy. She's just like, where's my mom? Where's yeah. my mom? I don't understand. So, um, 
so it's hard because I, that's really hard for me. And I'm just, sure, you know, I feel really bad for her, but, um, and you feel probably, well, and I also really, I mean, listen, this is a tough thing for me to say as a dog owner and lover, but if my dog, and I've said this to neighbors because I live in the hills and so mm-hmm. everything echoes. So you yes. can hear a dog barking from like, it sounds like it's coming from next door yes. and it's like five streets away. So everything echoes. So I have, I have had neighbors who, and I still have, and now I actually can't figure out where it's coming from, but like neighbors who, you know, their dog barks till like midnight uh, on a weeknight and I'm lying in bed listening to the dog barking, turning up my, I've, I don't think I've ever talked about music? this on the podcast before, but no, turning up my, uh, my oh. white noise. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I have, I have the cliche because I have to cover up the dog sound. I'm going to play it really quick right so now. So you don't, it's not like the ocean or anything. It's the, it sounds like it's uh, what I go for is rain in parentheses. <sighs> Light. It's a light <laughs> ring. Here's what it sounds like. It's pretty good though, huh? Now, like well, that, rain. but it goes, gets louder. I can turn That it sounds off. great. So if I have to like have What it, a great idea. I never even. It's a free, it's, listen, it's a free app. I could get them to sponsor the show. That is so, great. But yeah, so I have the sound of rainfall to try to help me uh, soothe past the fact that there's a barking dog. But I have said when I've had to leave like cheerful notes in people's mailboxes saying because i do is it you you? i do say like i identify that they don't live there anymore but my kind of across the street neighbors had a dog that would just bark and bark and bark if they weren't home bark 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 and so finally i put a note in there that said i'm so sorry but your dog is barking this every second that you're not home and it's not good for your dog and it's not good for me and i said you know i have a dog please tell me if that happens. Yes. Like, please, I want to know if my dog's barking. It tells me a lot about his anxiety level. Absolutely. It tells me a lot about, you know, I want to be a good neighbor. I want to be conscientious. And they were like, no, your dog doesn't do it. And we're so sorry that our dog does, blah, blah, blah. They eventually ended up moving away. So they didn't take care of it though? They did take care of okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but see, like, you- well, that's a, but I guess I was going back to saying, you know, bless your heart for trying to manage well because um, every part of the situation. It's when tricky. you're in an apartment, especially in an apartment, and everybody needs to be, I think, conscientious and aware of the fact that you're sharing this yeah. common area. And I did get called on by all of a sudden my neighbor just like stopped talking to me. She got really like really creepy, and so <laughs> they did call the um, animal control, and I freaked out. I was like. Oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Now we have several dogs in the apartment complex. They're all little dogs. Not all of them, but it's the little dogs that have that, like, that horrible. Yes. And plus, it, like you said, it's, it's not only about that, but it's for the dog. I didn't, she is barking because she is uncomfortable and unhappy. So I wanted to help her. I just wanted to help her her out too because of her panicking. So now we have, there are three dogs downstairs for me in the building that the owner leaves them outside on her patio and it's that, and the people across the alley have complained and called animal control and are taking them to court. And because they've tried in every way. I mean, yeah. once again, when you, when you're nice about something right. and like you went, you know, I'm sorry, I have a dog. I understand that, but it's keeping me up. It, you know, I just want to let you know, you may not know. Right. Right. And I did not I know that, don't know. How that Hazel you? was barking when I was gone. You don't really know how they react when you're not I did know. Unfortunately, the person that called the animal control, like went from my friend to literally like, um, you know, uh, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? 
you know, I'm still a person. I'm just, I, I a mean, person. just, just be nicer about it. Yeah. So, um, so it does become an issue and I wasn't, everyone kept going, Oh, maybe you should get another dog. No, yeah. I don't want another dog. If that happens, um, and they don't get along or yeah, the other I mean, dog has the problems. Now you're take. telling me, well, it's your responsibility. <laughs> what are you going to do with that dog? Well, I'm not giving it up. So <laughs> I've got two dogs that are a pain in the butt. Right. Um, so I won't do that. But, um, I think with what I'm doing and they say, you know, age will, she'll settle down a little bit. So I'm hoping because yeah. I feel bad. I, I mean, I live, she's great in the car. Yeah. If I take her places to the store, if I'm going to be gone in, in 45 minutes, she just sits in the car. Have you ever had anyone? Cause I, I keep my wind, like I, I rarely take him with me to places, but like I, in the very rare occasions where I've taken him somewhere and they're like. The, like there's every window's cracked. It's like a cloudy day. It's, you know, 60 degrees outside. I still have people like I've had, I mean, I think I've left him in the car. I'm not kidding. Maybe three times in 10 years. And I feel like two out of those three times when I did everything right, still some conscientious person was like, you know, you really shouldn't leave your dog in the car. And I was like, I was in there for 20 minutes. It's a cloudy day and he has tons of, and there's like a little thing of water in the freaking car. How dare you? Well, yeah, no. I, I, one person that I know actually had an audition, uh, a voiceover audition, and she said, mm, Mindy, is this your dog? And I went, yeah. And she goes, are, are the windows down? I went, oh, God, yeah. She goes, I didn't see the windows down. <laughs> and I was like, no, I swear to God, they're all down. I mean, yeah. they're down, not like all the way. Cause yeah. right. I swear to God, you have no idea. I do this all the time. She's fine. I would never do it if and I she thought. Would, frankly, it sounds like she'd much rather be in the car like for a short period Yes. With you, yes, and, you know she is. There yes, there's some apartment. There's something safe. I I don't know how to identify. It. Maybe she can see out because mm-hmm. she will look. You know, mm-hmm. but she she jumps from the back seat to the front seat and will sit it like she's driving. It's the oh. most adorable. <laughs> and then I come back and I'm like, "Excuse me, ma'am," and she goes in the back what seat. What does she look like? I'll have to show you a picture. Okay, yeah, of show her. me a picture after. Yes, and um, you can post that. Up. Yeah, um, she's. Stunning. She looks like like maybe a coyote or a wolf, or not a wolf, Ooh, um, a I like a dingo. She is absolutely stunning. She's brindle. She, I think, definitely there's some greyhound to her. She's got that body. She's very fast and very docile. This sounds um, like my kind of dog. It sounds like the kind of dog I would have wanted in terms of physical aesthetics. Before, you know, yes. Scotty came into my life. Well, see, but, I like these size dogs. I don't, yeah. I mean, I I'm like all dogs, so don't dog get me person. wrong. I, I'm not a real big fan of little white dogs. I'm not either. And I don't, I don't want anybody to get on I my case because I love respect, animals. Guys, all due respect, but I've had some bad experiences with little white dogs. They, they, it's that, it's yeah. that kind of a thing. And they're, and I understand that they're lap dogs, but see, I was always, um, cat oriented and I love cats. So to me, cats are laps and they're the ones that I like to stroke and they're sweet. I've always had cats and the dog was given to me, um, by my neighbor because I was going through a divorce, which was incredibly emotional for me. Mm. And my neighbor was like, Mindy, this is your dog. And I was like, Oh my, I don't know. I can't, I don't know. Can I keep it for like maybe a couple of days just to see if I like it? I don't even know. Sure. I mean, what, a day later, I was like, oh, my God. Because my I, my son was going to visit his dad, so I was alone. It was just a really, really tough time for me, transitional-wise. Yeah. This dog saved my life. She was scared. She was like, she, you know, she was just by me. And so I'm crazy about her. Oh, I'm in I love, love with her. It. I can't imagine life without her. Um, 
And so we saved each other in a way. So, but she's the perfect size because she's like 55 pounds. Yep. That's about how Um, big he is. And I like bigger dogs like that. I like dogs that have some meat on them. Mm -hmm. And because I still have my kitties. So my kitties come over and I can pet the cats. They all don't like each other. The cats don't care for each other. The (laughs) dog doesn't like the cats, don't like the dog. It's so literally when I sleep, I have the dog is like sprawled out by the feet, by my feet. And then each cat is on each side of me, not on top of me, but you know, kind of there. So I'm a kind of sleeper that will move them. I will sleep uncomfortably so that I don't disturb them. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, oh, I can't stretch my legs. So needless to say that I have had, I, I have w- awakened with, oh, I'm so, my body is like stuck in a pretzel, but I will not bother those animals. That is so nice. So they're my child. I mean, I have a child, but yeah. he's 18 now, but um, those are my babies. Yeah. So I get the bond between cats and animals and bird, whatever that is, there is something that... Um, is so profound to have that coming home and having that animal there. Yeah. And it does heal you in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Did you have uh, pets growing up? Did you have cats? When you say you were always a cat person, uh, did you we had, when you were little? When I was young, we had a cat named April. She was white. And then um, we did finally get a German Shepherd. But, you know, it was there in the house. But who really ultimately takes care of it is your mother. Mm-hmm. And um, who's so, the we? By the way, um, I had my my brother, my brother and I, um, and I'm the eldest, and he's um, I think he's like maybe 16 years my junior. Oh, enough. So not very yeah far. Yeah. Um, and wait, 16? What? 16, 16 years? My, he's 16 years. My junior, I think. How so? Was that a, or 16 it, months? I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh! I was like, oh I was my like, god! Wow, that's I was like, yes. Mom got married again. Or, yeah, okay, 16 months. Okay, so you are. You're really close. Together. Yes, yes. So, um, and I think they got the dog for him because he was afraid to sleep at night. So they got the dog for him. Okay. Um, but you know, your mom took care of it. You're, I don't even remember ever walking my dog. <laughs> yeah. So when that's why when I got this, this is like my dog. This was new to me. This was I had to learn everything and still am. But learning about dogs, reading up about dogs. Everybody has their own. Um, their own advice they want to give you about your dogs. Oh, you know, I do. Yeah. Give him a big bone and then he'll be quiet. And then like, no, it doesn't work with mine. So thank you very much. Right. Um, and I cannot buy pig, pig's ears. Yeah. Sorry. Can't like get, I'm a vegetarian. Caps, I can't do it. You know, can't. Those like well, they look like pig's ears. Yes. So, I mean, a bone looks like a bone. I can kind of turn away from it. Yeah. But a pig's ear. I know. It's terrible. I can't. It feels so like serial killery sometimes when you think about what someone, yeah, because someone gave me something that was just like, oh, this, this is great. You know, dogs love chewing on this. And I look at it and they don't even, I mean, I guess, you know, to their credit, I don't even know who the day is, the company, the world, uh, there's no hiding what it is. It literally says on the label, it's like a shrink wrapped. Yeah. And then you look on the label and it's like, kneecap. No, I, they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't say that for people like us. On a kneecap. Yeah, I, I have oh. a real hard time or giving it like a, 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 you know, one of those bones that have a lot of meat on it. I just <laughs> so I would have to say no. Yeah, I just go no and give her something else that's chewable for her. You like know, something fake or something. Yeah, that, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but she's my first dog, so yeah. I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, and they're they're an expense. 
I know. I know. <laughs> it's like a child. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. Yeah. When they get well, sick or when you, I take her to doggy daycare if I have to go away. You know, it's not that easy to say, all right, I'm going to just hire a dog walker. No, it's just got to be somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really... And what do you do with Scotty when you have to go away? He goes to a place... Well, sometimes See? I take him to LA Dog Works, yeah. But I um, but I also like taking him to this place out in the valley that is called Paradise Ranch, which kind of sounds almost like he's going to heaven. Like, that's what a parent would yes. tell their kids. Well, he went to a place Paradise called Paradise Ranch, Ranch and he's yes. every, very happy now. But, uh, but they are... It's just like a couple of ranch houses, you know, on a lot of property. And so there's like tons of outdoor they get to running run around. around. That's great. And they actually have little webcams that you can log on yep. and look and see, like, see the different areas. And um, I was in... Uh-huh. I don't think I've said this before on the podcast, but I, I was in France... Um, years and years ago and he was there and in Paris I logged on at an internet cafe to see if I could see him and it was so, it, all I could see was just him running past the camera in this white and gray blur <laughs> but it was so funny to me that I was in Paris and my dog had no sense that I was watching him and I was just watching him tear ass around the yard God, with other you, dogs but it was so great to see how so happy he was nice and you you just there's a sense of calmness and it's like God I've done the right thing. I've yeah. made that right decision because it is really hard yeah. to take your dog somewhere and have them in a cage or um, there's another facility that I've taken Hazel to. She was there for like um, they take you for like six weeks and you don't you don't see them for like three weeks and they kind of really train them. Mm-hmm. But it's a great place. Great place called Hollywood um, Training um, for Dogs and Cats or something like that. It's mm-hmm. fabulous. But the girl that I take her to, it's it's just her home. And it's like so much easier and she yeah. loves her. So, yeah. you know, you want to find the best, you know, ideal situation when you're going away. Because the last thing I want to think about is, how's she doing? Of course. She doing? Yeah. And the, have the, to have any yeah. kind of guilt associated with it. I just wanted to look really quickly to see. <laughs> I was imagining you and the dog and, and the cat, April, and your little brother. And I was trying to picture why that was happening. And I do see that when you were a senior, you were in Miami, Florida. Yes, which I I'm was... using. I'm looking at a, a yearbook that uh, that Mindy brought that I'm going to take a picture of um, because it's flipped open to this page where <laughs> it says uh, you'll see in the pictures if you guys go on Pinterest or Facebook. It says experienced drama student Mindy Sterling expresses the varying moods and emotions necessary for a good drama performance. And then there's four panels of uh, Mindy doing different uh, faces. <laughs> It's so silly and wonderful. But okay, so this is taking place in Miami. So is that where you were born and raised? No, I was actually born in New Jersey, but left when I was very little. So I have no memory of that. And I was raised in Miami. Okay. Yeah. North Miami beach. Were you like a a beach bunny? Not at all. (laughs) Oh yeah. I was never a bunny. um, Never that kind of a girl. But, um, you know, I was that kind of a girl who would lay out in the sun with the baby oil on and fry that. Well, that was a big thing then. Yeah. That was what you did. No, there was no SPF there. Nobody believed in any of that. So, but I wasn't necessarily, it wasn't like a big beach bunny. I didn't surf or didn't do anything like that. But, mm. you know, when you were off um, school or on the weekend, you know, you might take a bus down to the beach and, and, and do that. But, um, but yeah, so I was, uh, I did that. And then, of course, you, you know, you went shopping at the local mall and, you know, I was yeah. a good kid. You were a good kid. Well, that's what, that's what we were laughing about too before we started podcasting is that you were jokingly telling me that, um, 
that there are a couple of clubs in here that they're you're like you're pictured as being in the club because you just showed up for the photo and well somebody I guess one of my friends said hey because it was like you know picture club day or yeah. club picture day and that's what they were doing and I, th- I think the only club I was actually in was the drama club. And it was, I think I'm in four other clubs where my girlfriend and I just literally found a way to get, yeah, we photobombed <laughs> to get into the picture and our name was in there. I, that's that was really probably funny. the worst thing Mindy yeah, Sterling ever did. Saying, so I was going to say, like, such that's a good the worst girl. thing you ever did. Yeah. And as the eldest, do you, like, was your brother, did he follow suit or did he, was he more like rebellious in terms of like the family dynamic or was he a good kid too? No, we, we were all good kids. Yeah. I mean, my sister, my, my sister, oh, sister is, okay. my sister is, um, I think she's is it 16 or 18 years my junior. Okay. She so really you, is. So do you have the same parents? She is, uh, she is my half sister. So okay. same mother. Okay. Got it. So different father. Um, but no, we were all... Um, I mean, I definitely was the one that, you know, kind of experimented in drugs, mm-hmm. but not to a point where it was ever like an, a and in high issue. school or like in college, uh, I want to say definitely college because, and I only went to a two year junior college, but the boy, I met someone who was five years, my senior, and he, um, definitely got me into mm-hmm. doing some drugs and stuff. I think I smoked pot mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. um, high school. I think I tried that. Never smoked cigarettes, was never a cigarette person. Um, don't think I really drank until maybe, um, college. So I was, I was really good. My brother was good. My sister was good. I mean, none of us had any of those kind of issues. I wasn't raised around it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, but if, if I think out of the three of us, I probably, like I said, was the one that experimented a little bit more. Right. Was your, um, how, when did your parents divorce for you to end up? Oh with God, I was, stepdad? yeah, I was, um, I think I was eight. I was just about eight and I think my brother was, um, six. So yeah. Um, so we're really close to age. It was, we didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming home, my mother picked us up from school and coming home and then seeing my dad packing and, and putting stuff in his car. We oh, were like, so what? Yeah. And my mother's like, oh, let's go get some ice cream and some comic books. That's how they dealt with it back then, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, re- you know, I have really a bad memory, but I do remember that day and I don't know how it went on from there, but, or what the talk was, but, um, and then, uh, and then meeting my mom, I mean, my stepdad, I guess a couple of years later, um, Gosh, how old were we? I guess, you know, I think maybe 10, something mm-hmm. that wasn't that. She was alone for a couple of years. And yeah. Then. And then meeting mm-hmm. him in that and very sweet. And, but he really, you know, he took on a big task of not adopting us, but, you know, coming into a family that has already been established and he'd sure. never been married before. He was younger than my mom. So, and we are very close. My, my biological dad has passed, but my, and my mother passed, but my stepdad is still around and he's in Miami. Oh, nice. Yeah. How much of a role did your biological dad play after you, your parents split up? Did he, was he, did he stay nearby? Did you still see him? He, um, custody? oh yeah, we would see him, uh, after, after years, you know, have gone on my, um, both dads were very friendly. Nice. They were, you know, it's I think it was nice a, when that happened. I think it was, a, it was, you know, kind of um, awkward, but they were never, they were always, my stepfather was always embraced my dad, my dad. So he, my dad would come over for dinner. So everybody kind of got along. I think definitely think there was tension between my mom 
and my biological dad for a while. I could see it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting because, um, being divorced now, you can, you see why, how people try to hide things or you see the undertones of, I don't understand why mom is always so, you know, weird about dad. Yeah. You find, you find things out later on and my mother would never speak about why they divorced. Yeah. You know, my mother, I, my mother was classy. Yeah. That's I think my, my mother had were. a lot of class. I think that that's a great way of putting it. Super classy. She didn't, we never knew the real situation until, um, after my, I think it was, I think, uh, after my dad died, my mother told us. Did he step out? He, yeah, he was in the business. He was in the business. Um, you know, he was, he was an actor and a singer mm-hmm. and, um, I think he, yeah, I think he had a thing and my mother found him and that was mm-hmm. lit. And, but my, ne- my mom never revealed that. I thought that was incredibly, it's incredibly classy. It would be so easy being hurt and, you know, to end up feeling like you want your kids to know what they're, you know, like what your dad put her through. No, they yeah, never, never, you know, never, never was. And, uh, my dad was a, a really tough nut. Is she, is your, is Scotty, um, snoring? Yeah. I love you it. You know what? Here's what's happening. He's not snoring. He's actually growling. I think he's dreaming. Oh, dreaming. I love it. I love when they, oh, he's totally dreaming. Yeah. yeah. He's, he went into REM. Don't you want to know what they're and dreaming? Yeah, they dream about other dogs. And he's growling. And- he's growling at something. He's having like a dream where he's probably protecting me. <gasps> I love that. I love watching them oh. like twitch. <laughs> That's fantastic. When they're dreaming. I don't know if I've ever heard him growl in sleep before. That was kind of amazing. So cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was so faint. I love it. Because, well, yeah, my dog, dog will dreams. like snore. I know. I'm fascinated by the what idea do they, of dog dreams. I don't think dreams. we can ever find out, can we? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Listen, there are plenty of things in the world of science and nature that, you know, decades ago, people were like, we'll never know. Like, I'm sure there are people who are like, we'll never know what the surface of the moon is like. And then we did. So maybe one day we will know what dog's dream. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, look, she's, look, she's using her paw. I love it. It's so, oh, yeah, he's, I wish you guys could see this. He's like totally moving. It's crazy. It is it's so like, crazy. Yes. This is turning into like a dog. I love podcast. it. I know. Everything stops but to look there. at a dog <laughs> or a baby. Yeah. You know, and she's like, Oh my God, look, look at that baby. Look at that. Look at what that baby's doing. I, it's so funny because I am so, I'm so, I love babies and I find myself when everybody is like, Mindy, um, are you dating? Are you, you know, I literally will find myself at a mall or something and sitting there and just going crazy over babies and people in strollers or children. And you know, where another woman might like, Ooh, look at that guy. Look at that. I like, right. no, I just want baby to see watch. little babies. I don't want another baby, right? but I love being anti Mindy <laughs> to somebody's I love, baby. I love being anti Janet. Don't you? Baby too. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting. I mean, we could talk about like, I feel like I want to give, uh, any listeners who might be fans of Cora a little yes. something just because, um, you know, it is exciting that you play Bayfong. I, I know I've told you this when we've been recording before, but whenever people ask me about uh, what my favorite episode is or who my favorite characters are besides Cora, I always bring up your character and you, and I always say that my favorite episode is the episode where Lynn gives up her, her power. Yeah. Um, and she's, oh yeah, she's, she becomes a little more vulnerable. She's, she just, yeah, it's to make that a sacrifice tough, to tough. make that sacrifice. I think is such a beautiful moment in the show. It's like it's, it, to me, it it illustrates what is so special about the show, and that it is like 
I, I, to say this without it being about, you know, I think this is, this is what, this is how things that are just, that are sexy are described as well. So I'm not saying it's sexy, but they have mature themes. You know what I yes. mean? To have that kind of mature themes where you really see, uh, uh, for me, a beloved character, um, even though, you know, she's in Cora clash a lot, um, to make that decision to like, you know, to put everybody else bef- before her, I think is so, so well, the whole, so heroic. The whole, the whole, you know, um, show in itself is something so different than I've ever seen or experienced and the fans behind it. And, um, um, you know, when you find people that, uh, you know, are so, they glom onto it and how it's, how they, they live this, watching this and experiencing mm-hmm. this and talking this and, um, and then being in the room when we record and hearing these amazing voices come from these amazing actors, the stories come so alive. And then seeing it, it is one of the best experiences I've ever had in animation. I couldn't agree more. It is. I mean, I am so blessed and fortunate and hope to that it continues and that we can continue with it. But And just having, seeing you like you know, being this empowered young woman who, you know, is boy crazy and who has, and yet is fierce and it really is empowering to women. I totally agree. I totally agree. Have you seen much of the art, the fan art that's out there? I have not. Oh my gosh. I've got to get some images. I try to tweet them as much as I can. So p- other people, people you mean other people do mm-hmm. draw yeah, you? And, and in fact, I didn't even know this happened. I don't know how this happened, but I was actually at Nickelodeon yesterday doing, just talking a little bit about, uh, they wanted me to come in and talk a little bit about Cora fan art because there's so much of it out there. Um, and so they showed me some images at Nickelodeon. They showed, but this is crazy. And I, and I know you didn't know this either because you're about to find right. out because you didn't know. I can't believe I didn't know this. And I'm so angry that I didn't, but I don't know who to be angry at. So I just won't be angry <laughs> at anyone. But there is a Cora fan art gallery show <gasps> in Los Angeles that I didn't know about that was like apparently packed to the gills and like everything sold on the night of the what? opening. And they that is showed so weird me, that they did. That. I know. Did I Nick don't know about it? I don't know. I don't How know. How did you find out about it then? Yesterday. They were like, oh, these are some images from the Cora fan art uh, show. And I was like, what do you Cause you would have been there. Yes. I would have tried to buy wow. something. I, they're gonna, Nick's going to get me the oh, contact yeah. information of some of the artists. But so I wish these are other people. The so these are these are fans of the show who feel inspired to create artwork of their own that is that's inspired by the show. And it, there's a ton of it out online as well. If you so, do it's like not identical. Is it like they're trying to some copy? Of them, some of them really do a masterful job of yeah of essentially creating the same exact look wow. as you would see on the show. But some of them, and I so wish I had, um, she hasn't sent me the JPEGs yet, but, uh, but, but definitely we can look online when we finish, um, if we Google like Cora fan art and like Tumblr pages, there's a ton of fan art out there. Sometimes people tweet it to me directly, but those pieces that I saw that were from the show uh, yesterday that were just on someone's iPad were like, you know, you might see a really like a version of, uh, Cora and Mako and Bolin and uh, where they're all Bolin. really little Bolin, Bolin, Bolin. where they're it? all, I know, bo- don't Bolin. say Bolin, Bolin, don't say Bolin, yes. where they're all really little. Like it's almost like it's a, like little, little baby kid versions. Right. And then there, there'll be like, um, some really, really beautiful, like they kind of look 
they just look entirely different. It's just someone else's aesthetic that is an interpretation of, you know, it could be a hand drawn, like a, like a pencil and paper wow. um, sketch that's like, how really fun would that be to like, have? I mean, amazing. Oh, yeah. I we do have, have some, it. I do have some fan art I can show you. I'll actually do that right now. That Hang you on. bought or that you got or that. Okay, she's right now. She's in a drawer looking for some art. Um, I do have a folder. I do have a folder of um, of stuff that people I've either bought at conventions, which I've only been to like a couple. Uh, like, okay, someone else did these. Oh my god, like, that's, not, that's not any of the guys. Sorry, guys. That's amazing. That and then like someone gave the me. Oh this. my god. Um, here's another one that I think is really good. Oh, you need to, you need to frame these, baby. Oh, this is great. I I haven't done anything with it yet. And then sometimes I just get like fan mail. I'll take pictures of all of this stuff, you guys. But here's just like an adorable little kid, like just sent like their drawing. And then here's another one, little pencil drawing. This is Um, so awesome. And like, I try to keep fan mail and stuff. And I mean, I do keep all the fan mail. Here's one. So how, I wonder if I get any fan mail. Well, I, you know what? Nickelodeon uh, they, would sent they, Wouldn't me, they say that if I did? They send me a bunch all at once. So there might be... Here's one with Pabu down at the bottom. Do they get fan mail? Do you know um, if um, Mako gets fan mail? I if, really don't know. I I'll, I I mean, I don't get it. I ton, would think if I did. I would think if they did, they're going to send it to me. Won't. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think it has to do... I mean, I think, too, like the fact that, oh, um, that, that so Cora is such a... Yes. I bet it, like, she's the, in the title and all that kind of stuff. That is... Um, so what is this? This I just bought at Anime Matsuri. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. But um, anyway, so yeah, uh, that that stuff. This is, is very like, cool. I get really emotional about that stuff because you are like just cra- think of it. You I'm have represented and are moving people's emotion and um, whatever it does. I mean, that's why we like doing this, and in, in yeah. hopes that when we perform, we make someone happy, we make someone feel, we make someone. So you're doing an animated show that is inspiring people to want to draw and do pictures and and create a life for themselves. I mean, hopefully they're not whacked out and then they are, you know, dressed like you every day. But um, (laughs) But the clothes are great. Yeah, the clothes are cool. Um, And wearing that ponytail. But that, I'm sorry, that is the coolest thing. And so Mm. my son just, he's like, mom. This is the biggest thing you've ever done. This might even be bigger than Austin Powers. I don't know how it's bigger than Austin Powers. But he is so like, you know, I love doing things that make him proud. And when, you know, when I got this part and he goes, mom, do you have any idea how how big you are? Do you have any idea how many people love Cora? Do you have any, I mean, he had to tell me all of this because I was They do. People love Beifong. I I, I was really unaware of the magnitude of this of the yeah. show and what these characters are yeah. all about, so oh my God, that I'm very proud. Me. Oh crap! What? I can't believe this. What? That reminds me that I have a what? present for you that I got you at Anime Story. <laughs> what? What? I'm such an idiot! I can't believe I forgot what about you these. Me? Um, I was gonna just bring. Are you doing Comic Con this uh, this year? I don't know. I hope so. I think so, guys. I gotta pause it for a second because I'm gonna Let's try pause. to find this thing that I got from Indy. Um, pause. Let's pause it. Okay. I am so glad that I found these because I was like, I haven't, I feel like I've been back from Anime Matsuri for a long time. And I, I, a side note, interesting to no one, but I was like, lately I've been thinking, my purse is so heavy. Like, why is it so heavy? And I just went into like this hidden pocket and I had like 
a, a cell phone charger and like a Mophie battery pack, like things that weigh a Very lot heavy, yes. that were just hidden in there that I've been lugging around with me for no reason I'll, at all. I'll usually find like a roll of quarters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Why is my purse totally. so heavy? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I carry a lot in that purse. It's yeah. a really big purse. It's more like a duffel bag. But so um, while I was at Anime Mitsuri, I saw they had a lot of um, little booths where people kind of make and sell like crafty kind of vendors uh-huh. who make stuff. That's where I got this kind of Cora plastic um, so guy. Cute. I don't know how to describe <gasps> that, but I'll take a picture of that too. Um, but they had buttons for the various um, elements. So oh. I bought myself one that is water. Right. Since Cora's from the water tribe. So that's on a jacket. Um, and then this, I guess, is air. So I'll eventually oh, give this cool. to someone on the show who's an airbender, like if I ever see J.K. Simmons, which I hardly ever do. I know. Um uh, and then this is fire, which I'll give to uh, Mako. I'll give oh, it to David Costino. And then I said, "Hey, do you have a sign for metal benders?" And they and they this girl looked at me and she was like, "I was an idiot." She was like, "Metal benders are earth benders, Janet." And I said, "What?" And she was like, "They're earth benders." And I said, "Oh, I, I didn't know that. Did you know that, honey? I don't know a lot of things." <laughs> If, I mean, I couldn't, so I, I don't even know who is this and who that is that. Bay no. Fong is, uh, she's a metal Earth? bender, but that means technically you're <gasps> an earthbender. So awesome. That is what Thank you. So that's for you. And then I've got one for PJ Byrne too, because Bolin is an earthbender. Oh, so, I didn't know that. I know. So, um, I just didn't First know. First of all, great sign. Like, cool, I mean, this right? is like, yes. I know. Oh my God. I love this. Gold. Thank you. So now, so you now where did you go for all of this? Where were this you? was a place. Uh, this was a, uh, a, a convention called Anime Matsuri. Okay, and it's mostly um, it's mostly like like straight up Japanese anime and oh, uh, so anime Japanese that. pop culture and related arts convention. And where was this at? Um, this was in uh, Houston. Oh, okay. And I mean, if you flip through this program, guys, I can't. This oh, is my the most. This is the, I've never done more. Like, look at this. Mindy that no one can I see. I know and no one can see, but I've this is so this my son would. Um, he loves this kind of stuff. Yeah. So Here's Janet's what, picture. It was really cool. And there were a ton of cosplayers. So those are people who dress up as characters from video games or as characters from cartoons. Oh my God, this is um, great. That was amazing. And then there was a lot of this kind of stuff, which guys I'm going to try to describe, but it's this, there's a lot of this sort of Japanese mm-hmm. little girl doll, yes. princess, lace. Yep. Um, very big this sort yes. of thing. I don't really know how else to describe mm-hmm. it, but I'll take pictures and show this as well. But it was so fast. It's a little naughty a looking. Of, it's a little <laughs> naughty looking. There's no question about it. Yeah. Um, no question about that. Yeah. Uh, wow. but yeah, so a lot of people, a lot of Japanese people. So there were actually like separate events that were just for Japanese speakers and then just for English speakers. And so, um, were you so signing like or were you on a panel? I did a signing and a photo op and a, and a panel, but the panel was really just me doing a Q and a with the audience. And I just posted a clip of it online because someone, I guess was taping some of it. Um, and we, and I can't remember, I'm trying to remember if, I think I might've even talked about. That's that that episode that I love of yours on the show. I can't, I can't remember if that's. I mean, I talked about. It. I can't remember if that made it into the clip. But um, yeah, I get so emotional, and uh, I mean, this is I, this is this is the most I've talked about Cora on the podcast. Which I guess, if for almost sixty episodes, it's fair to talk about totally it. Totally fair. With and I was going to ask you, what are the what is the big question that they ask? You know, when you get a lot of people, yeah. what what is it they want to know? Um, well, a lot of people have more kind of fantasy related questions and a lot of people have more, um, 
kind of official like plot and mm-hmm. and technical related questions i would say that the number one question i get asked most is probably whether i janet varney would pick bolin or mako i was just gonna say <laughs> i was well i was gonna say who yeah who, yeah. who would core who's core gonna i get asked that a lot i can't i say i can't answer the core world so everyone funny. kind of knows that cora clearly has a crush on mako, mako right but um, but I time and again have said that I am from a comedy community, as are you. Yes. You know, you come out of the Groundlings, yes. which we've talked about a ton on the podcast. Mindy is, uh, I mean, you you are, are one of the very early members, no? No, I mean, no, no. Don't oh. you go there. Oh no. Uh, okay. No, well, that because well, it was in seventy four. I because I, uh, because Lorraine Newman's done the podcast and she started she was before it with me. Everybody. Yes, she was. I. You know what? When I went through the program, let's see, I was in there with. Um, I'm trying to think because all the people after me were, had become more SNL related and da, da, da. But I was in there. Well, I was in there with Kathy Griffin. Nice. So we, we yeah. went up together. Yep. Yep. So, um, I left in 94. Okay. As a, as a member. And then I was in it, I guess like probably 85. Okay. 84, 85, something like that. So yeah. Were you do? Did you ever teach classes? Or oh my you, god! Yes, you did. yeah. I directed. Yeah, I taught. Did you teach like some of the people that we were just that, that did come up after you that you were in Austin Powers and stuff with? Oh, like I, taught, I, and- I taught. I uh, taught Mike McDonald. I taught. Um, He's on Matt TV, guys. Matt TV. Um, and from SNL, um, I Chris Kattan, Sherry O'Terry, Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's just a, a ton of people. I'm, I can't watch television without seeing, yeah, uh, either somebody in a commercial or, or somebody. Or, yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's wonderful to go. I taught them. I taught them. Yeah. So, um, did you teach um, sketch and improv? Did you teach? Uh, yeah. Well, I did. I did, yeah. I did the upper. I did all the levels. I did all the upper levels. The the first two levels are all improv. Then you get into writing and performing. So I did all of that. I ran the school for a little while. While not very nice. well, but I ran the school for <laughs> I a little mean, while. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Like, There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so I kind of grew up in the groundlings. Yeah. I mean, so that, yeah. So that in, in itself. Um, and you do the, the, one of the shows that I've loved to see in LA and that we reprised in uh, San Francisco at Sketchfest two years ago is a show called Beverly Winwood Presents. Will you tell these guys a little bit about oh what my that show gosh. is? It is a hoot. And well, the cast we did. Is yes. It was created by Tony Sepulveda, who is, was a groundling and who is, um, now ahead of casting at Warner Brothers. And like the nicest. Lovely. He's lovely. He, the, 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 again, more showbiz talk, guys. But like in terms of like things starting kind of at the top, quote unquote top, at least in the casting world, he he is one of the principal reasons why everyone loves testing for Warner Brothers Studio because he's so warm mm-hmm. and such a pro actor, supportive, funny, great guy that there are these environments, you know, it can be very aud- unpleasant auditioning for quote unquote suits. And so when you have a situation where you have to go into a room full of people, there are d- networks and studios that are known for being very cold and kind of, uh, you know, intimidating. And then there are networks where you're, or, or studios where you're like, oh, thank God I get to go in and, see that person that's how people feel about tony they're like oh i'm testing for warner brothers that's so cool he's so nice he's so nice and he's funny and just a dear 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 man so he created this show called the beverly winward actors showcase and his idea was to um present this you know um uh fake um horrible actor showcase because there are a lot of them out here in fact when i first came to la i was in one and it was like something like out to lunch and literally we would <laughs> it's so funny 
because I don't know. If, all... I don't know if you get how ridiculous even the title is, unless you're in the yes. business. But that is a perfect. And if you're not like... in the business, it's you know basically it's it's people putting together maybe a, an hour of um, you know um, partners doing little scenes to showcase yourself, and you invite uh, casting people and people in the business, and hopefully you'll get work or something out of it. So the the one that I did was something like out to lunch, and we would put together. It was during lunch we would serve the casting people lunch and do oh, our little show and do our little presentation. I know. So I think <laughs> I did like maybe two of them. So anyway, so Tony put together this, um, Beverly Winwood was a, a um, um, you know, a, this woman, this actress, um, uh, Susan Yeagley, who comes out and she talks about, you know, this is, um, this is my school, this is my program, and here are the actors um, that will be performing. And we come out um, in pairs, and we literally, we, we were characters. We're not ourselves. We are characters, and we created for ourselves. We do our, in, our intro, and then we set up real scenes from plays or films that we are doing. So we are taking things that are real and it's our um, sort of um, approach in how we, we do them and we're totally wrong for the part. (laughs) We've been given horrible direction (laughs) and encouragement and it, it it is one of, it's been going on for, I think we just celebrated not too long ago, our 10th year. We do it periodically now. Um, to raise money and charity. It is one of the funniest shows you'll ever see in your life. And that is from people that are not in the business to people that yeah. are in the business. And it is and the celebrated. Cast is so extraordinary. I mean, even the cast oh. that we were able, there were a couple of people missing from the, you know, sort of desired cast in San Francisco because of shooting. Like Melissa McCarthy is a part of it. Right. She, wasn't able to she was a part of it. Jennifer Coolidge did it. Um, you were there. Michael Hitchcock is, was there. Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens. Um, at Tim Bagley. Um, it, it's it, it, Cheryl Hines. I mean, yeah. we all kind Isn't of Jim Jim Rash and Nat Fax. Jim Rash, and Nat those Fax. guys won an Academy Award yeah, for writing for, the for Descendants. Descendants. It is, and every scene is just as funny as the next. I mean, yeah. you don't even have a favorite because they're all so beautifully done. Um, you know, from a scene from. Um, um, a chorus line that Wendy McClendon Covey and Brian Palermo do to um, um, uh, uh, Death of a Salesman that, you so know, terrible. I mean, it's so wrong. It's so good. And I've been fortunate. I've had several um, different ones. Yeah. Some people have, have, have kept the same Yeah, what are bits. the ones that you've but done? But I've done, a, I've done, the first thing that I did was with, um, the first time we did it was with Tim Bagley and I did a scene from The Elephant Man. <laughs> And Tim was in a wheelchair. Tim has had a stroke and he's in a wheelchair. Oh, no. And I play this this character uh, that I used to play called Weena Shanker, who basically she's just she just really just does the lines and she doesn't do any acting. <laughs> and and then um a couple of years I did um I I um hooked up with Mike Hitchcock and then we did we were brother our brother and sister team we did um medley of hair oh, we were brother and sister God. team that were just a little too close Oh, like we God, just kiss so a little good. too creepy. So um, and then, so we sat, we did a song and dance. Then I hooked up him with again, and he and I both did different characters completely. Uh, Wicked, medley of <laughs> Wicked. 
uh, where I played uh, Glinda and he played Elphaba. <laughs> and then just recently, um, I hooked up with David John and David John and I did completely different characters where he, I was very submissive and he was uh, just a prick to me. Um, and we did a complete dance, not even, we didn't Ooh. sing or anything. We did a dance to um, um, a friend like me from Aladdin. <laughs> And it was horrible. And he was berating me on stage. It was horrible. So, um, and these are in hopes of somebody, you know, this is, you know, Beverly said that, you know, um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not a very good actress that I should be a dancer. So this is what we would do things. So if it ever comes oh, and you gosh. ever hear yeah, about guys, it, you have a chance to see yeah. it. it is so it's pretty wild. Pretty funny. GD good. Yeah. That was a long way around. I'm glad we got to talk about you instead of Cora for a second. Um, <laughs> Cause I was just going to say, but, but being from the comedy world, yeah. you know, those are the, and that's actually a question that I'd love to ask you. And then I want to get into a couple of these games that we like to play. Um, but what, what was your taste in, in men like growing up? I mean, were, when you were in high school, were you attracted to really funny guys? Were you attracted to like the hot, like the bad guys? You know, what were your, what were your, or was it like so varied that there's no? No, no, it wasn't varied at all. It was very slow. I was very, um, I was really shy. I think that's why I got into acting. Um, I wasn't, you know, my girlfriends were just a big part of my life. And so I think the first, um, boy that I crushed on, his name was Larry Weiner. And he, um, he was funny. It had, they had to be funny. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he was like a hot, he was kind of, um, he was funny, had a great personality. And, um, so I think that for me was, uh, you know, really, really important. So I didn't have a lot of boy things. I didn't date. Um, I think my first like big boyfriend was in literally in college. Older than you? Yeah, Yeah. in college, and he was um, he was older than me, and he just thought I was the cat's meow. And he, um, we both played. We did. um, He was in the drama department, and we did Butterflies Are Free. Oh, and I played you know the girl, and he played the guy. So that's how kind of we hooked up. But everybody I've liked, I mean, they have to be funny. Mm. Um, Isn't that so? I mean. It's really a huge. I don't. I don't know. It's funny because you know you read in magazines and stuff. Like I think there's a there's a sort of a joke to the culture about how everyone says that they want a good sense of humor in someone, but it really is huge, especially if you are somebody who does it for a living. I mean, you know, if you're so passionate about it that it's something that you you really develop like a finely tuned sense of and and that you think about and practice all the time it becomes really important if somebody can't make you laugh or oh it's in so many reasons because um yeah that's just you know who i am and it's i think i was raised with a a big personality of family you know everybody just you know and so laughter was a huge part of where we were coming from my biological dad like i said was a performer he was funny um he was a comedian he was a singer so i was raised in that environment and um I love a guy that can make me laugh, whether it be dry, whether it be, that is going to attract me. It isn't so much that they have to have a perfect look. In fact, I think I'm more intimidated by somebody that is going to be so good looking. Well, I'm also, and I think this is, this is not fair for me to say, cause I think, I feel like I talked about this with Natasha Legero ages ago, but I know her. I did. Uh, yeah. Um, we, we did a pilot together. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah I love Natasha. Yes. And, uh, and she's, you know, I, I think I said something early on, uh, this, she was one of the first people I podcasted and I feel like I was like, 
are you, do you hate that so many people are like, you can't be that pretty and be yeah. that funny. And so what I'm about to say is extremely hypocritical because I get really up in arms about people saying like, funny girls aren't pretty and pretty girls aren't funny or whatever. It's like anybody can be anything. Anybody oh can gosh. be anything. But here's what I'm about to say. I think I'm like really mistrustful of like really attractive guys. I think I do the same thing that I get angry when people do about girls, which is if I see a really attractive guy, I'm like the chances that he's going to be really funny seem less to me. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I sort of pass judgment instantly if someone's really good looking to the point where I'm like, that's not, that's not for me. That's not going to, he's not for me because I want somebody who's really funny. And I think I do assume that somebody like super handsome didn't have to develop that skill or didn't have to socialize in that way, which isn't fair. There are really like oh cute, my God. really funny guys, but I think John Hamm. I'm please. What are a you? I mean, but example. but but I that is such that. a. <laughs> I know. A it's example. Example. I really apologize. But, but that's that. such a rarity too, because yeah. who knew he was he was funny? Yeah. Until you saw him, like I think on SNL or something, yeah, it was like, oh my god, so this guy's funny. hysterical. Yeah. Um. And I think he even started in comedy or something. I think it's rare. I think it's rare. I don't, once again, we don't want to stereotype anybody or put that label, but, but do you think there's something to that? That if you're, unless like, like how sense of, I mean, listen, if you're from a really funny, funny family and you also happen to be blessed with like extraordinary genes of whatever this era thinks is attractive, right. you know, it's all completely subjective, totally. but, um, do, does one think that like, it's less likely that that really attractive people are going to be sh- really sharp and really funny if they don't if they didn't really grow up with it because I don't know where else that comes from. It's either you get it from your family environment or a lot of my friends anyway got it because they were teased a lot when they were younger or I, they did feel like they needed to cultivate their personality in a different way because they weren't getting things handed to them or that, you know, because we are such a, a stereotypical like visual culture that, you know. Absolutely. And I think too, when you hear, when you hear, you see standups, they do talk about that being a kid or their childhood and that's where they found the humor and how to get through things. Right. And, um, but yeah, every now and then there are some good looking guys that do some funny stuff. So, and they may have a drier sense of humor, but I don't know. I mean, I watch a lot of stand up, and most stand ups, there's a, either a rough edge about that guy or there's something goony about him. But, but how dare I? It's so double standard. I know. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I don't, but I don't happen how, to be- I, how I see myself is very different how, than how some people choose to see me in terms right. of what I look like physically. Um, I don't know why I don't associate as like the pretty girl or whatever, but I, I don't, but, um, so it's, but it's super double standard of me to have someone else be like, I didn't think you were going to be funny. Like. I didn't think you were going to be funny. And then for me to turn and do that to someone else, it's so Well, in a way, you can also go, surprise. Yeah. You know, like, well, then this was a nice little, you know. Surprise, I'm so damaged that I still, (laughs) I'm so broken inside that I still have a sense of humor, even though I have blonde hair and blue eyes. But also, too, how nice to see someone and maybe think that, and hopefully they changed your mind, too. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we we say we don't want to judge and we say we don't want to be judged, but I think everybody does judge to a point. I think that is part of our human nature too. And I guess it is kind of what you know. And the, But the problem with that is, and this is getting like, we don't even have time to get into this. <laughs> the problem with it becomes the chicken or the egg. It's like, if you be, a lot of us behave the way people 
expect us to behave. And so are we creating that dynamic by just making assumptions? Because even though we're only making assumptions, because we're only the makeup of our memories and of our experiences. And so if your experiences that, you know, I, I walk, I I sit you down like as if life were an experiment. I sit you down in a room and I parade in a dozen extremely handsome, extremely fit men who have always been so. And 11 of them, the first 11 of them don't make you laugh. And then the 12th one makes you laugh. The next time you meet one, you're probably going to assume more that it's the 11. But are we, are we conditioning people like, is a pretty girl afraid to do comedy because she thinks no one's going to think she's funny. So she doesn't do it. And so then we create this expectation that, you know, the attractive person shouldn't be funny the way like the cute person can be or whatever. Well, but I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of, I think really good looking women do comedy. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, that's just sort of it. So I completely agree. But when I moved down here, that was the thing that I kept getting told was like, it's so rare that you're like cute and funny. And I was like, rare. I know a million girls who are hilarious and cute. Like, what are you talking about? But there's the thing is that there's like still somewhere someone decided that it was, that there is those girls on girls. But girls have always been hard. It has always been hard to accept a lot of people to accept that girls are funny. And there are so many successful women that are, that are amazing standups and that are funny. And I think that that is certainly a, a gap that that we've like you know really made i mean and, and overcome yeah uh, but let's face but it wasn't it, that long ago that someone said on a podcast perhaps even out of gorilla was like eh, i don't really think women are as funny as guys and i think yeah i think i remember from that kind of a thing but once again then you know shame on you and sad for you that that's what you think yeah but you're not you're not everybody and um there are women that are proving that over and over and over again and it's just once again and like you said you know what comedy is so subjective. There are a lot of men that I've seen that are do stand up that I don't think are funny. <laughs> yeah. And you know, whether they're good looking or not, it's kind of like, nah, this doesn't make, yeah. you don't make me laugh. You don't make me laugh. But you know, somebody but that's, also, yeah. And I think, but I think too, that there's something going on with, you know, just the cultural zeitgeist of the, all the cliches of like, what's gender appropriate too yeah. is being broken down more and more, not just in comedy, but like when you have something like that, that's easy to kind of shine a spotlight on, so to speak, because it is like in the public eye in a different way necessarily than, you know, doctors, lawyers, scientists, mathematicians, you know, astronauts, uh, astronauts actually would probably fall into the latter, <laughs> the former category, but, um, but like there aren't any astronauts anymore because no one wants to pay anyone to be in the space program. But, um, but that, you know, women, that there are as many funny women as there are funny men, yep. but that just socially, it's just been more acceptable for a man to feel confident enough to give it a try. Yes. Whereas a lot of my funniest female friends, um, when I was growing up, they didn't want to be funny to a crowd because that didn't, they would have felt really intimidated and weird about doing that, but they were fucking hilarious. Just sitting across from me at a coffee table could make me laugh with tears, but that, that where, whereas that same person, if a guy might feel people might be like, you should go into comedy or he sees all of those guys who are famous in comedy, Steve Martin, Woody Allen, and she sees few, far fewer. She's like, well, I'm not Diane Keaton. Well, I'm not, you know what I mean? 
I'm not Lily Tom, like whatever era we're talking about versus now guys and girls, there's getting to be a little bit more of an equal representation, a little bit more where you can well, say, like anything I is- want to be Kristen Wiig. I want to be Mindy Sterling. I want to be, you know, rather than, um, everyone just feeling like there's no room for women. And so it propagates that same, like thing. Well, I also do. I, and I, but you know what? I also think too, and being a teacher at the Groundlings and seeing what goes through, you know, everybody wants to be a Kristen Wig now. Everybody's coming into the Groundlings and wanting to do that. Look, you can't teach somebody how to be funny. You can get, help them with choices. You can guide them. But it, there are some people that are just innately funny and that is who they are, whether they're, they want to be in the business or not. We right. know people that are just funny, great personalities, make you laugh, but it's like, you know, um, yeah, but I, I work at, you know, Mac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't want to do that. So, um, I, but like anything, I think women and, and men, there is always, there, there's, there's never an equalness to that. And we're still trying to, to, you know, get, um, equal pay. We're still trying, but women are so much stronger now and are so much more resilient and so much like they, they really are making such amazing, um, you know, movement in, in the world. So, you know, yeah, there's always going to be a male chauvinist that's like, she's a girl, she's not going to be funny. Right. You know? And then there's us going, he's so adorable. He's not funny. <laughs> I know. But my feeling is, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Yeah. So, oh, I love funny. it. Well, that really, I could have talked about that for like eight more hours. <laughs> I know, but I know. I do want to do this. So yes. Let's get into this cootie catch. Right oh, now. I love it. This, I don't know if this rings any bells for oh you. Oh my God, yes. We used to here, do that in yeah, school. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we'll start out. I'll have you pick, um, pick a color. Oh, just a color? Just pink. To start. Pink. P-I-N-K. Now we'll do a number. Just pick a number. Okay. Four. One, two, three, four. Another number. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One last number. Two. Two. Okay. Two. There's a question hidden underneath here. Oh, this is a good one. What movie did you watch the most as a kid? I have no memory of being a child. <laughs> well, let's say like as when you were a kid, like a teenager, like a teenager. Oh god, any or just anything, like any, <laughs> like just last week. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta make this work. I gotta make this work. <laughs> Can I you remember to... a movie you've seen? No. Um, was there anything like that you watched over and over? I, I always like to talk about how how I, I watched like Steve Martin movies over and over and over again. Or I watched. Unfortunately, I have to say, I also watched a Clockwork Orange. Over and over really over again a clockwork orange yeah, i went I through a dark phase i can't even get through that i don't know if i could now but i i went through a, a kind of a dark phase um i did love the jerk okay yeah. um you know I, I to be honest i don't really remember that far back i'm just not really good with my early years yeah. or literally with yesterday <laughs> but if somebody like were if somebody had to say to me you know there are two movies that pop in my mind and maybe they're just because they're romantic movies um Actually, there's three. Um, so it's not that far back. Right. But if I go in chronological order, I would say Slender in the Grass to mm-hmm. me was like, oh, I just love that movie. So good. Falling in Love. I don't know what Falling in Love Falling is. Falling in Love with Meryl Streep and um, Robert De Niro. Oh my gosh, I've never seen it. Still, I can still watch it um, over and over again. I don't like to watch movies a lot um, over and over again. I used to, but yeah. Um, and my uh, the other one just just kills me is Waiting for Guffman. Oh yeah. That's oh my god, that just I love that. So those yeah. are three that pop into my yeah, mind at the moment. Those are all so great. As I was young, because um, TV was a big part of my life, to be honest with you, and still is. But I don't remember that one movie that. Um, 
Right. Oh my God, my mother. I do remember that when I was very young, which is, this is so weird. I was obsessed with John Wayne. I could be out playing and my mother would say, Mindy, John Wayne's, uh, there's a movie on John Wayne's on. I would drop everything <laughs> to see John Wayne. This is when I was a young kid. Why John Wayne? I know it was a father thing. I have yeah. no idea. But John Wayne was like, oh, I had the biggest, biggest like crush on him. Oh. So that is the only thing that I can remember about movies and being young. Isn't that weird? Those are all, I can't believe I've never seen the Meryl Streep, Robert De Niro movie. Falling in Love. It was a lovely story. It was, oh my God, they were beautiful. She was beautiful. Um, he was like, it is tenderest. Oh, my. It was, it's a beautiful story. Okay, I got to so get on see that. that. I got to get it, on that. It wasn't a hit movie, yeah. but I love it. You know what movie I love, love, love that I feel like no one knows about, and I could be completely wrong about this, but um, uh, is the movie Starting Over? Have you ever seen that? Uh, it, that uh, James L. Brooks wrote the screenplay. Isn't it's that Ellen with- and, um, oh, God. What is wrong with me that I'm forgetting? I know. I've seen it, but I'm just trying to remember. Damn it. It's Elvis Bergen. Burt Reynolds. Burt yes. Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, Ellen Burstyn. Not Ellen Burstyn, sorry. Uh, Joe no, Clayburgh. Joe Clayburgh, yes. Burt this is the Reynolds one where Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen does a horrible oh singing thing. Oh, my God. Yes. Candace Bergen. Yes. You guys, if you are not familiar with Candace Bergen other than like Mur- Murphy, Murphy Brown, Brown. Or Sex in the City or yeah. whatever, you have, you must. She made her see mark this in this movie. Yeah. It is, she is so good in it. Burt Reynolds is so awesome in it. Joe Clayburgh is so adorable in it. It's a beautiful movie about the end of a marriage and the beginning of a, a romance yes. between, you know, adults. I do remember that. I loved it's it. It's so beautifully yeah. written because it's James L. Brooks, like at, to me, at his best, yeah. along with like a terms of endearment or as good as it gets. Love that too. It's such. A good movie, and it's really um, not ever discussed. And I, I, don't I know, know a lot I of people that do bring it. that up, though. Okay. And because maybe of her- it's more. I don't know why. Maybe it's more like people like Ma- well, like maybe my era, younger than me because of her performance. Because of yeah. Candace, uh, yes, it oh, is. Um, so yes, good. that that is that scene where you guys need to get on, go online and yeah, go to YouTube or whatever and see. It's very funny. Over. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I got to see falling in love. Okay, I'm going to move on to our game of mash. Right. Um, oh, that wasn't it. This is that was our coup. That was a fortune teller. Okay, this is okay. The second thing that we do. Okay. So this is where I determine whether you live in a mansion, apartment, shack, or house. That's what MASH stands for. And oh. then I have a, a series of other categories that I'm uh, coming up with fairly on the fly. I mean, I'm definitely using ones that we've done in the past, but we have so many great categories now uh, for MASH that I can really pick and choose. And I want to thank that in large so part to so the listener. So you're not going to ask me what like my favorite word is. My favorite curse uh, word. Uh, your favorite. I'm not going to actor studio you. Um, you know what? I am going to. Now that you say that, I'm going to say you will have one curse word that you can use and you can never use another one ever again. You give me three because one of them, I'll do a process of elimination at the end of this game and you'll end up with one out of three. So I need three curse words. Whichever one it ends up being will be the only curse word you can ever use again in this fictitious okay. reality that we're okay. creating. Fuck. Right? Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I, w- I will accept those being different, yes. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, and I guess um, shit. Yeah. I think I would probably... Those are the ones I use the two. most, yeah. yes. That's probably true for me, too. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to move off of the <laughs> curse words and move into the... Um, where is the? Uh, where is this vacation home of yours uh, that you're going to have? You're going to have three possible options. Oh, so where. I just come up this with it. It's just like imagination. Oh, time. I love it. Oh, vacation homes. Okay, Hawaii. Great. Uh, New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, my gosh. 
I haven't been a lot of places, so I'm trying to think of where I would like to go. Could be, yeah, could Italy. Be okay, love it. I want to go to Italy really bad. Yeah, so take Italy me if you seems go. to be. I feel like everyone, no matter what their other two choices are, people really love Italy. I've never been to Europe, so too. we got to. I have to go. I know. ASAP. Um, what has kept you from going? Uh, like it just never has. I've never had a desire until um, I'm single. Yeah, and now I'm like there are things I want to do that are important, and I've just never wanted to go. I don't like flying, but that some pla- I want to go there. Okay, so that and this and is okay. Money. So I'm I'm keeping it separate from vacation homes. Okay. Vacation homes is one thing, but give me three uh, specific places in Europe, not just you know we've taken care of Italy already. I would say okay, but like could be a city, could be a specific thing that you've heard of that you know is there like i would love to see the mona lisa i, I wouldn't put that at the top of my list but um we know it could be uh paris but it could also just be the country of france um just yeah i mean mine really is so general because i'm so uh i am so naive yeah so because definitely paris great um uh in europe huh um and not Italy. See, I'm so low maintenance. Maybe I like someplace to... in Spain or do you, are you curious about London? Yeah, we could do that. I'd love to go to like Scotland or Ireland. Oh, no, Ireland. Ireland. Okay. I've got Ireland. Paris and Ireland. I did not put London because I didn't feel that. I no. Feel Swe- uh, how about Sweden? Love it. That okay. is uh, okay. literally at the top of my list right okay, now. Good. Um, okay. What about three? Um, let's do three fictitious jobs that uh you don't even have to know anything about but like in this reality you also do this job maybe something that i thought of doing or sure. so- oh okay whatever you want or uh, you say- could be like a, a pastry chef okay you never cared to do uh, psychologist great um painter love it um and um nurse great you can travel back in time <laughs> to three eras. Oh, Lordy, is this bad? What era? And you could get specific, like, you know, the ni- Paris in the 1920s or, you know, New York at the turn of the century or. I would do like 1940s. I like the 1940s. Love it. Um, uh, I would do. God, I've lived so long. So it's really <laughs> hard. I've been, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe uh, the turn of the century. Um, and one more. Um, Could be the future, too. Listen. Oh. No. Why not? Um, Everyone's afraid of the future. Yeah, so. really. I know. Isn't that weird? 50s. Even mm-hmm. though I, I was born in 53, but yeah, like... Yeah, but you didn't get to be like... No, no. I, yeah, exactly. And, yes. Mm-hmm, love it. Um, what's a good... Uh, uh, someone, I recently did this one that someone just sent me... Um, the Tammy just sent me uh, a, a secret weapon, some sort of secret weapon. She used the example, and I, I brought this up on a different podcast episode, but I thought it was really funny. She used the example of like a poisonous frog. Like worst case scenario, I just pull out the poisonous frog. So we just make these up. Secret weapons? Yeah. Could be like, you know, okay. could be that you have a gun. An earring. Or it could just be that like you can emit a high pitch squeal. Okay. Some kind of a, yes, an earring. Some kind of that, a deadly earring. Uh, yes, that, that um... Uh, that you know squirts out some kind of a um, a poisonous gas. <laughs> I um, love it. Why. Um, That's very Austin Powers era. Yes, wasn't it? I love um, it. A um, oh maybe um, oh god, I don't have an idea. Um, you know what I was just thinking of? Uh, by the way, I never play this game for myself, so I always so it's kind am of cool thinking about, about yes. what my answers would be. So sometimes I bring up what they would be, and sometimes I don't. But just now I was thinking about how much I always love. I love like Edwardian or like 
Sherlock Holmes era kind of stories. And I do not mean the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. All due respect, guys. I'm talking right. old school. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy well. Brett, PBS. Yes. Um, but I love the whole like you like you're a dapper gentleman with the I also I love men's clothes so much yes. that I think whenever I think about like eras and certain sometimes I, I ask think the question what clothing. fashion do you love I actually love like I would rather be in the fifties wearing like a Don Draper suit than yes. like uh you know. One of the Betty Draper yes. dress, but um, I love like a dapper gentleman in like a three piece suit with a top hat who walks with like a walking stick, yes. like a cane, but yes. then the cane is a sword. Yes, I love that, it. No, yes, that no, that definitely is cool. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking. I don't know why I'm thinking jewelry. Um, mm-hmm. Love it, but uh, yeah, I would say or um, oh, um, lipstick, mm-hmm. and that could be. You know, <laughs> I love it. That could uh, you know, have a knife to it lipstick. at the end and yeah, the uh-huh. tip. Uh, and then maybe a, um, um, I, you know, uh, so, I don't know, something where you, you pull, pull out of your bra. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. it's a, uh, <laughs> maybe it's just a fake boob. <laughs> so it. when some man is like, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, you want to <laughs> see this? And boom, you know, it's like a disc answer. and you cut his head off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I should ask you, uh, I should definitely ask you a core related question. If you could bend, uh, that's the other big question oh, I get asked. What? If you could bend, if you would be a bender, what uh, element would you choose? And you can list three. So you could say fire, you could say earth, you, Mindy, uh, metal, I- blood, all those things that we know that the, the different uh, things. Oh, so real, it has to be a real core one. Yeah, let's do a core one. Well, probably anything that I don't do. So, um, fire, I don't great, do. Great. Um, I don't do water, right? Because yep, yep. then, yeah. So, if I'm earth and metal, then what's the other one? Air. Air. Great. It okay. has to be process of elimination. But I'm just saying, like, could be now, now, I hate to say this, but now you won't be a, a, an earthbender because you didn't choose it. You would have had to choose your own. Oh. So you might have to, if you want, if you want to be a metal bender still. Oh, okay. Then we better you put might that have to in. get rid of one of these. Let's take, let's get rid of, this is uh, the question. air. Okay. Yeah. I guess it okay, would make yes. sense that we would get rid of the one you forgot about. Do you ever get people that like call you on your cell phone and y- you don't know who they are, but it must be sellers, right? Yeah. And then they don't leave a message. I, I'm somehow, but I somehow I did do it once. I have to call this. If you call back. There is, you can, um, dial something to, so that it's oh, unsubscribed. So I just didn't know, know that, that I have to call, if this is like in Virginia, I have to call them back and say, okay. I don't want you. Okay. Well, this is our last one. Okay. We're almost finished. Um, what about, uh, are you, were, did you read a lot when you were younger? Not at all. Do you ever, you never I'm read? not a great reader. Okay, great. So I'm not going to ask you about No, books. definitely a book book. Um, okay. You know what? I'm going to ask you about, uh, dudes. Like, who do you have a crush on? Three. You're going to go to Paris, Ireland, or Sweden. I know you said that you didn't want to go until you were single. So you don't really have to travel with this person, but but that's okay. So we're talking so I'm three probably movie three guys, stars. I yeah, guess, it's helpful if there are people. You know, that it's not like that. oh the, the guy, neighbor. the guy in my yeah my yeah. neighbor. Um, oh lordy, I don't care if they're age appropriate or inappropriate. No, I know. I don't care if you know still, who like, you I John Wayne on there for all I care. Do you know? Who I just think is so adorable. I don't know why I have such a um, Zac Efron. <laughs> Great. I don't know why. Great. I just think he is so cute. Vanessa um, Ragland, listeners to the podcast know my friend Vanessa Ragland. Yes. Huge Zac Efron fan. Really? Oh, I, yeah, you did. Did you do yes, Rock My I Culture? Did. Okay. She I loves think that Zac was Efron. my first podcast. Yeah. Maybe. Nice. Um, but yes, I just think there's something about him. I think yeah. he's so cute. Um, oh, shoot. See, this is where I get stuck. Um, 
I know. I was very honest. Because I like funny me. people. So I now know. I'm trying to think of the funny people that I would have a crush on. Um, or even actors. Gosh, who's out there anymore? I'm going to give you up. I'm going to give me. you an option. I'm going to give you a Paul Rudd. Uh, I, I used to. Be funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am not a Brad Pitt person yeah, at all. I don't like that. I never um, have been. Uh, uh, what's his name? The Gosling. He's okay. Ryan Gosling. He's yeah. Cute, I don't have a thing but, for him either. And the other one, uh, Tatum. I'm not Tatum, crazy Channing, about it. Uh, Channing Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. I, same for me too. Who else is um, out Who there? Who am I really excited about Trying now? to think, yeah. What? Um, oh my God. I get, I have a terrible blank. crush on someone that no one knows who it is, but I love him so oh, much. I maybe I might. You don't. Mm. I guarantee you. His name is uh, Ebon Bakrock. And he was in Mona Lisa Smile. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't. But know he was him. also in—I don't know why—but something about him. He was also in. I think he was in um, John Adams, that like miniseries that Paul Giamatti was in. Okay. He pops oh, okay. up at weird moments, so I and he's always see like him a really small supporting character. And every time I see him, I go crazy. I'm just like, why are you not my husband? So Even though he's married and is adorable. That is I, I so funny. Yeah, it's so specific. Um, oh gosh, I'm like, I'm people. so drawn. What about John Wayne? Maybe I should put him in there. You did love him. Well, he's not alive. I know, but this is fantasy world. Oh, okay. This is like any era. No, John Wayne. Not, but now he, that would creep me out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Understood. Be like, oh, it's old Understood. man. Um. Oh. Yeah, you could go to any any era. You could be like John Cusack in say anything. It could and be, I wish I had a list of, of men. I know. Cause I'm really drawn. It's just really drawn. So it's keep, adorable. Keep that right away. I said, I love that Zach Efron came up for you immediately. And now you can't find anyone else. Uh, isn't that horrible? Um, I think it's great. I think it's, it says very nice things about him. Um, um, what else? What other movie did you love that? Well, that era, Robert De Niro, the fantasy. This is a total fantasy. It's his character. It's yes. not even him. It's just the character from falling. All right. Robert De Niro. Um, Bobby D. Um, Bobby D. Um, and then, um, God, who's funny? I mean, like I went through, I was obsessed when I was, uh, like eight or nine. I was obsessed with John Larroquette on night court. I'm not saying that like me now would, but in a way as tribute to how much I did love him, I'd almost put him on my list because I was completely fixated on him. Not unlike you with John Wayne. If there was an opportunity to see him, I would make it happen. Yes. Um, you know what, uh, what's coming to mind right now is just, I, and I don't know why, cause I'd love the show. And so, mm-hmm. um, uh, Chris Knopf. And by the way, we could have also said John Hamm. Oh, all right. Who did, who did you just put down there? Bobby De Niro. Put John Hamm. Yeah, John Hamm and Chris. And Nuff. then Chris Knopf. Please. please uh, do you watch, do you watch, um, the, uh, good wife? Yes. Oh. And I love the good love wife. It. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe one of the only network shows that I just yes, can't get totally, enough of. Yes, totally, totally. Yeah, it. love it, love it. Um, okay, John Hamm. Okay, great. You know what? This is so crazy. In all of these episodes, no one else has ever picked John Hamm. Really? Even though he's like the darling of our And I decade. don't even watch Mad Men. Yeah. So, but you there just you know go. how funny yeah. and charming is. Okay, I'm going to pause. Oh, here's what I have to do really quick, though. Okay. Um, Recap? Tell okay. me when to stop. What? What do you mean? Just whenever you want. Stop. Okay. Um, I, that's how this process of elimination works. Okay. I'm going to pause it. When I come back, we're going to find out what your imaginary future and is. And I'll be wearing something different. Uh, correct. <laughs> this was good because somehow six, it went by really fast. Um, this is really cool. A lot of really fun stuff happened. Good. Um, 
Number one, I want to congratulate you on your vacation home in New York, New York. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and turn your vacation home into the mansion apartment shack house answer too. So you have a mansion <gasps> in New York. Okay. So congratulations on that. Thank As you. if that weren't enough, you're heading off to Paris with John Hamm. Oh. Wow. So another fantastic yes. thing. Now, if anything goes wrong, <laughs> the only word you're going to be able to use when you're angry is shit. Oh, no. Oh, I'm fuck. Fuck. I got to get fuck. it out now. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, that's not my favorite word. Okay. Sadly. Okay. <laughs> sadly, sadly, you're focusing on the fact that you lost the word fuck, even though you have a mansion in New York and you're yes, going to be yes, exactly. Uh now, New York has its dangerous sides. So does Paris. Worst case scenario, something happens. Saying the word shit is not going to get rid of these, this, this, no. this evil character. I want so. you to rest assured. All you have to do is whip out your fit My boob. Fit boob! <gasps> his head off. I love it. That is going to keep me alive. So <laughs> you're very, but I also think you might want to spend a little bit of time wondering about the emotional ramifications of going around decapitating people <laughs> luckily you are a psychologist oh yes so that's so gonna, you'll be able I, to i'll think, to hopefully think root, about it yeah not only of your problems but of psychology's problem <laughs> i mean of society's problems uh the last thing i want to say uh other than the fact that you have the ability to bend fire so i guess worst case scenario if you wanted to stop slicing people's heads off you okay, could also I can set them fire. on fire got it um and uh i hope you have a wonderful time in the 1940s Ooh. and that you come back and tell me all about it because i don't know if you know this but you're the only person who can actually time travel <gasps> so yay so what a great the, interesting life the, i have a of me. Really interesting future. I want to thank you. So I know you're going to want to get out there and get that life started as soon as I, you call back whoever those people are. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you so much for doing the podcast. This was a complete delight. I had a blast. I really thought this, fun. it was going to be just like 10 minutes. Guess what? Wrong. This was more fun than I'll I expected. I'll just use the best 10 minutes of this. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be. Yes. Yes. It's going to be cut together for 10 minutes. Sorry, Mindy. Oh, what a pleasure. What a pleasure. Uh, we well, really you can always have me it. come back as a character. I would love to bring you would back wild? as a really uncomfortable character. Seriously, I, I could do a character and bring stuff. Yeah. Really funny. Okay. I love it. Um, thank you again. Thank you, Jay. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.